If you have your Bible, you'll need it. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Uh, last week I told you that uh, you would soon see some of my weaknesses. Here I am this morning, weak with a cold. Um, this week I've been fighting a cold, and uh, so if I, if I seem to be antisocial this morning, it's for your own benefit, so uh, don't, don't try to shake my hand. Okay, I think we're good. If you didn't bring a Bible, there are some black hardbacks on the back table, and uh, the book of James, chapter 1, where we're going to be is on page 1011 of that Bible, uh, 1011. <clears throat> so if you've found that, let's start here in verse 22 uh, through verse 25. Verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres. And being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What James is doing here is helping us understand something that I think is vitally important for us as Christians, and that is to get an idea of what is the Christian life. What does it look like? What is it like? And he makes some comparisons here for us to understand this. I think this is so helpful for us in the day in which we live, where there's so much confusion as to what Christianity is and what it is not. And James simply puts it as doers of the word doers of the word. This is what we should be. Now, last week we, we looked at um, God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. We saw how important that is and, and how we should be focused on God's wisdom and everything that we do from our salvation to everything else that we live out in our life, that we should not be focused on our wisdom or other people's opinions, but upon God's and God's alone. We talked about the cross and the cross of Christ and how important that is and how the world sees that as a foolish act but we see that as the power that has brought salvation to us. And if we would say that we trust in Jesus for our salvation and we trust in the cross, why would we not trust him for everything else that he's taught us, right? This is how we should think. And so this is where James is getting at uh, in our passage this morning. And so if you look at verse 22 again, we're going to walk through this passage and, and take, a, take some time with each one of these verses and discover really what James is trying to get across to his audience and really for us today as well. So look again at verse 22. James says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now the Greek word that's used here for this word doer um, <clears throat> carries with it a connotation of a performer, a performer. Whenever I think of a performer, I think of somebody that is intent on doing their best ability at their performance. And so what do they do? They, they practice, right? They practice their skills. They practice these habits, these techniques, so that they have a, a really good performance. And it's not so much really about them, but it really about um, one of the performance to be um, in front of the people that it's, it's been given to, this audience, and we have an audience as well, and it's not to man, is it? It's to God. Our performance is not for men's pleasure, but for God's and God's alone. And so this idea of being a performer, I think, is helpful for us to think about whenever we are to be a doer. If we're to be a doer, we should think like a performer, 
whether you're playing in a, in a symphony, in a play, if you're an athlete, you practice. You examine your techniques, you examine your habits, and you try to improve upon them, don't you? This is only what good performers do. And so what does James tell us here? But be doers of what? The word. So the technique and habits in which we should examine in our life, they should be applied against and looked against what? The word of God. That we are to be doers of the word. When James says that we should be doers of the word, he's not leaving this door open for us to interpret this idea of being a doer to whatever we think that it is. And whatever that means, maybe for me personally and for everybody else, oh, that could mean something different that's just kind of a, a subjective kind of a thing. No, he is saying we are to be doers of the word. We're not to just be, again, using man's wisdom but God's. So we should not let our focus be consumed with ideas like, well, community service or social justices or maybe politics. This should not be our focus But Scripture has a lot to say about each of those things, but if we become consumed about those things, we completely lose sight of using God's wisdom, and we start to use our wisdom. So the Bible has plenty to say about each of those areas, but we are not to be doers of those things, but doers of the Word and what the Word says about these things. We are not to be a people that are just involved in the world, just to be involved in the world. We are to be involved in the world because the Word has told us to be. And has shown us how to be. And this is, again, I think what James is getting across as well. Now, James also mentions that there's another group. In contrast to the doers, and who are they? They're the hearers only. The hearers only. If doers are like performers, what would you think the the hearers only are like? I think of them more as spectators. You know, you go to a sporting event, and you see the the performers, the athletes out there on the field, and they're doing their thing. And then there's that one guy in the crowd. He thinks that he should be a performer, but, you know, he's like a good 100 pounds overweight. There's no way that that guy should be out on the field doing that, even though, you know, he would tell all of his buddies, well, back in the day, whenever I was in high school, if the coach would have put me in the game, we would have won state. No. You never played a bit of varsity. Like, how would you ever win anything? But it's this kind of idea, well, you know, I I have the skills, but everybody knows, maybe except for that guy, that you don't belong out there. You've not practiced. You've not earned that spot. This This is not for you. This is only for the performers, for those that have practiced, those that are doers. You're a spectator. Be a spectator. And so here, I think James is is making this connection here, maybe for us to view this as those that are being performers, acting out our faith, and then there's those that maybe would say that they have faith, but there's no action. They're just spectators. This word hearers that's used here in James, uh, this Greek word is only used four times in the New Testament. Four times. Guess where three of them are in this passage? Three of them are right here in this passage. The, third, the fourth is found in Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, verse 13. Now, look how coincidentally that this is connected to what James says. In Romans two thirteen, it says, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers 
of the law who are just who will be justified. Look at the distinction that Paul is making that he's pointing out here between those that are hearers and those that are doers. Hearers are not righteous before God. They are not in right standing before him. This means they are at odds with God. I think more plainly, if I can put it this way, they are enemies of God. They are rebels against his word. They're not justified. They're not righteous. They're hearers only. Who are the ones that are justified before God? Tell me. Doers. Doers of what? The word. It's only those that do the word. Those are the ones that are seen as right before God, that they are justified before God. They are not enemies of God. They are obedient followers, obedient children of God. Also notice here that Paul connects being a doer with the word, the law. That is what is important. Again, it's not just this this open idea of, well, just do some things and then maybe you'll get to heaven. No, you must follow what he has commanded. This is evidence of real faith. You don't just get to make up your own rules and, and open your Bible maybe spontaneously and find some passages there and be like, you know what, I like that one, let's go with this. But oh, that, that one below it, I don't know about that one. This is not how we should treat the word of God. This is not how we should think. And this is not what Paul would say. This is not what James would say. He would say, follow the word, whatever the word has told you to do. Go back to verse 22 again. In James, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Look at the second word that's used in this verse, be. What does the word be mean? This is be, not be. The word be means to exist, that there's existence there in the present, right? So it's in the present that I should be a doer, not in the past, right? Right? It's not just that, well, one time I did. No, it's in the present. I think there's people that come to church week in and week out, and they believe themselves to be doers of the word when really they were all, all in really what they are, just actually ditters. I made up a word. They're, they're ditters. Not doers. They're not being. They did. They think things like, well... You know, I, I've, I've done that before. And usually they refer to their salvation, their baptism as, well, you know, all of my spiritual life is complete. I did that, Pastor. I did that. That's complete. I did it. I'm a ditter. They also go on and say things like, well, you know, I, I've served in that before. I've followed that command before. I've tried that a doer, they are ones that have an active and present mindset as into now. They are now a doer, not past tense. It's present right now. What are they doing now? This is how doers think. They're not consumed with what has happened in the past, but what, what is happening now? And this is real evidence of faith. It's what is happening in your life now. Yes, maybe a lot of you have a story of, well, you know, when I was seven. I have a story of that. When I was seven, I came to Christ. Maybe maybe a lot of you have that kind of story, but if if you have no evidence of faith now, in the present, 
Do you have faith at all? This is what James is getting at about being a doer. When a church becomes full of ditters instead of doers, listen, it is dying. When it has a bunch of people that think only in the past of, well, we did that, I've done that, and not thinking about the present, about right now, they're not doers. That church is dying. Look what James says. He says, deceiving yourselves. The word deceiving here has this connection to cheating. To cheating. Now, most of the time when you think of deception, you kind of think of some sort of connection to, to cheating. And so, think what James is saying here. Deceiving yourself. Not only are these people, these hearers only, deceiving themselves, they're cheating themselves. Cheating themselves out of what? I think James would say, Salvation. You're cheating yourself out of salvation. You're being deceived thinking that you have something that you do not. The deception and the cheating that's taking place in relation to their salvation is leaving them in a state that is sometimes very, very difficult to communicate really where they are spiritually. And people have this this mental block in their mind of, no, I, I did it, Pastor. Remember, I, I did this. The, the, that pastor signed my Bible. I know, friend. But you're not living in obedience today. You haven't been living in obedience. Maybe 50 years ago, you still haven't been living in obedience. I think James would say, you have only been a hearer. And you've been cheating yourself out of salvation Just think of what Romans has said, what Romans 2.13. It's only those that are, that are doing the word that are justified, not those that are just hearers. And hearing this, maybe you're thinking, well, is James saying that I need to do something to earn my salvation? Is, is this what James is communicating? No, this is not what he's saying. And this is not what I'm saying this morning. And I, hopefully this will be clear to you in the next few verses. Look at verse 23 in James. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. James gives us a picture here of what a hearer is like. They are ones who look intently into a mirror, as the ESV says. Now, the word intently is not actually in the Greek, um, but it can be used because the Greek word actually points us to this idea of perceiving what you're seeing. So there's an understanding of what I am seeing in the mirror. So the person that's looking into the mirror, they understand the reflection. It's not just a quick glance like, oh, I wonder what that was. It was, they're in front of the mirror. They see it, they understand it, they perceive it. And so this word intently, it's used in a right way. And this is the person that they're confronted with the reality of who they are in this mirror They're perceiving it. They see it. And then James uses this phrase. He sees his, what? Natural face. His natural face. Now, the Greek word for natural is a word that I want you to learn this morning. You're all going to learn some Greek. You ready? You are not ready at all. You're like, ah, school. Natural, natural, okay? Ready? His natural face, this phrase is genesis. 
Genesis, not Guinness. That's something else. Genesis, which we, we better know it in English as Genesis, right? What does Genesis mean? Origin, beginning, life, existence. What does this hearer see in the mirror? His existence, his life, who they really are. It's not just some obscure image that they, they passed by and glanced and saw something in the mirror. They didn't realize what it was. No, what is happening is that the, the word has been put in front of them. They see who they are. They see who they are in light of who God is. They see their genesis. So what do they do with this? They look into this mirror. They understand. They see They see that there's a reality of their existence, but then James goes on in verse 24 and says what? He says, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. That is a really sad verse in the Bible. Did you know that? That's so sad. He sees what he is like and then goes away and forgets. Now, be honest, how many of you have forgotten some things? Okay, there's a potential for all of you for this to happen, right? We all forget things, but look at what happens to this person. They saw who they really were in light of God's word. They understood it. And they forgot it. They walked away. They went away. What does this mean to go away? I think Monday morning is what this means. That maybe this hearer has had a fantastic, amazing worship experience, quote-unquote, and maybe somebody's prayed for them. They had some emotional experience. And maybe they even they came and prayed. And the elders came and prayed for them. And they had many tears and all kinds of weeping. But Monday morning came. And all of what happened on Sunday is completely lost on them. And they give not one single thought the rest of the week about their soul. And about their condition. About their relationship to God. I think this is who James is talking about. Those that have completely forgotten about their, their condition and their lostness and maybe, maybe some decision that they claimed that they made. What does this here forget? Look at what James says. He forgets what? What he was like. What he was like. What his existence was in light of God's word. He forgets that. Now, have you ever literally done this? Maybe you did this this morning. Uh, and the weather was bad, and maybe you had that on your mind, and so you, you got yourself ready, and you looked in the mirror quickly, and you're like, oh, that kinda, that's not really supposed to be there, or oh, I should have done something about this, and maybe the phone rang, something happened, and so then you scooted on out the door, then you got here, or maybe at work this has happened. And usually if this happens, and you have one or two people that point this out to you, right? You have the one person that cares for you, they love you, and then you have the person that just hates you. And the person that loves you, they're like, mm. they kind of give you that head tilt, like, you missed something. In the South, they call this bless your heart moment, right? Like, mm, bless your heart. Like, you missed that. Or you got this. And then you have the person that just despises you, like, and they call it out in front of everybody. Oh, looks like you just fell out of bed, right? They're just not very gentle or loving about it. 
But in either way, either case, it's been pointed out to you that you saw what needed changed. You saw it. It was there. You understood it. Like, oh, yeah, I should do something about that. But you got busy. You went away. What did you do? You forgot about it. This is what has happened to so many people spiritually. There are too many people sitting in churches today who act like this. They are seeing the issues that are in their life. They are understanding the needs and the changes that need to happen in their life. But there's no rush to do something about it. There's a rush to do something else. The hearer believes that there's going to be another opportunity. There's going to be another Sunday. There's going to be another moment, another time to pray, another time to read, another time to study, another time to get right with God. There's going to be really no consequence for me not fixing it today. Surely not. And there are way too many people, or maybe even in this room, that think this way. Listen, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Whenever I tell my kids, go and do this, I don't mean in an hour from now. I mean now. And there's been too many people that sit in church and they hear the word of God preached to them. And they hear the confrontation that is brought to them. They see the reflection of what needs to happen. And what do they say? Mm, okay, later. I'll do it later. That was a good word, pastor. Great message. I ain't doing anything about it. They go away. They don't want to fix it. But listen, if you don't fix it today, you may never fix it. Let me give you a quote by John Wooden, which is uh, probably one of the best basketball coaches ever. He says this, he says, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? Think about this. You're going to have a second chance at this life? You're going to have time to do it over? Friend, you won't. You may never get another moment like you have right now. You may never have another moment where things are so clear and you see, this is how I get right with God. But you've been so used to just being a hearer that you're like, you know, I'm just going to close up my Bible and go on about my business. Nothing's really affected me in the past. Friend, you may never have another moment like this for your life to get right with God. You may never again see your reflection in light of God's word again like you do maybe now. Hearer, turn from your sin. Repent. Trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. Trust in what has been shed for you, what has paid for you to buy you back. You should follow in All of what he has commanded you to do and not picking and choosing, maybe like you have been doing in the past, but following complete obedience to God's word. Now, today is the day of repentance. Let's look at verse 25. There in James, it says, But the one who looks into the the perfect law, the law of liberty, And perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The word that James uses here, this word looks, means to stoop down, to bend over. Picture it like this. You're walking down the street, 
or into Walmart, and you see a penny on the ground, right? Now, okay, let's get a, just a real quick poll. How many of you would stop and pick up the penny? Wow, you penny pinchers. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Maybe this analogy is not going to work for you. But you see the penny. This is just my reaction, right? And maybe it's like stuck in some gum or something. And so you walk by and you're like, ooh, not really worth it. And, you, and I, you know, I go on. But if I walk down the street or into Walmart and I see a gold coin on the ground, I'm probably going to do one of those double takes like, what is that? And then what am I going to do? I'm going to look. I'm going to stoop down. Am I not? I'm going to pick that up and examine it and see, is this really a value? Is this real? This is the idea of a doer. This is the heart of a doer. It's not one just hearing the word of God, seeing the word of God in front of them, but they stoop over it. They look into it deeply. They examine, is this what it's really saying? This is the heart of one who is ready and wanting to see what God has to say about them and also about who he is. Is this how you approach the word of God? Is this how you, you come to church on a Sunday morning wanting to stoop over the word and, and look into it carefully? And not just to walk by it and glance at it and be like, oh, yeah, I look okay and move on. How do you approach it? James tells us that we should look. But where should we look? What does he say? The perfect law, the law of liberty. And so why is the law perfect? Look at Psalm 19, verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. That's a great verse of scripture. What does God's word do? It revives the soul. Who doesn't need to be resurrected out of the dead state that they are in spiritually? Everybody needs to be revived in their soul to God. How does this happen? It's the law of the Lord. It's perfect. It revives the soul. And then he goes on. It says the testimony of the Lord is sure, which means it's true. Making wise the simple. When we talked about wisdom last week, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God was the cross. And this is what we trust in. We trust in the perfect execution of the law in Jesus Christ. It's Him and what He has done, and it's through Him in which we are revived. The law is truth, and don't we need truth? In an age in which we're so confused, even over gender, of what is true, God says, here's truth. All of humanity needs to be confronted with truth. And so we would stop believing the lies which have been perpetuated on us by culture and by our own thinking, and we would see who we really are. What does the Bible say? Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all been in the same place. We all need our soul revived. And it happens through the word that has become flesh. That's dwelt among us. That's given us life for us. If you go back to verse 25 again. There in James. 
The next thing that James says in this verse is perseveres. Be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. A truly converted person will continue in their faith. They will live in obedience to the word of God. They will persevere. This is inevitable. There's three behaviors that I believe James has pointed out to us about being a doer, and I want to give those to you uh, quite clearly this morning. And so the first is, first behavior, is to study the word. A doer studies the word of God. They, they look at it, they examine it, they maybe find commentaries and other resources to help them study and understand and grow. But let me ask you this question. Do you study to learn? You're like, well, yeah, that's, of course. Why else do you study? Or do you study to obey? Because those are two separate things. They are not exactly the same thing. If you study just to learn and not to obey, friend, you are missing it. You are only a hearer of the word. What are your intentions for growing in your Christian intellect? Is it for transformation and more conformity to Christ? Is it to help you fight against sin and to live in obedience? Or is it just to win an argument against that guy at work? Don't be a hearer of the word. Study it and do it. So we have this first behavior of studying the word. The second is to meditate on the word. Again, examine ourselves by it. And to meditate on the word is to memorize it, to pray through it, to to ask others questions about it, and to work it into the fabric of our everyday thinking. Is this how you operate? Is this what you do on a weekly basis? To meditate on the word that you would get it into your mind, into your heart. It should be. This is how we should think. This is what doers do. And then the third behavior is to act on the word. So it all comes down to this. Are you living it out? Are you acting this out? You've studied it. You've meditated on it. And too many people stop there. We need to do it. Doers of the word. I've had conversations with people in the past that go something like this. That um, I just want God to use me. I just want to be obedient to God and just, just you know, go into ministry and these kind of things. And then later in that conversation, it comes out that, well, you've been sleeping with your girlfriend. They have been living in disobedience to God. And they've known that this has been disobedience. But they think that, well, God's going to bless me. He's going to bless me surely, right? Doesn't he love me? Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking... Well, of course, God's not going to use somebody that is living in obvious disobedience. But friend, listen, maybe you've been doing something just as sinful by neglecting opportunities of service which have been presented to you and you have all the time in the world to do it. You have no desire to serve. You have no desire to do anything. That's just as sinful As this other person that thinks, hey, God's going to use me. I want him to use me. But they're living in disobedience. So are you. Why do you have a different expectation about your life? We should not act like hearers but doers. 
The hearer and the doer, they have the same message, do they not? They have the same word in front of them, the same message presented, but they have two radically different responses. Uh, The doer examines their life closely, again, stooping over the word, examining, really, who should I be? What should my performance look like? And then they see areas in which maybe they're out of step, they're in the wrong spot, and they repent. They seek to find a right alignment with the word of God. And this is what doers do. What do hearers do? Hearers see maybe the same errors in their ways, but they rush off to Monday morning, forgetting all of what they've heard, all of the changes that have been confronted to them. And they they don't want to change anything because that would change their sinful practices. And they kind of like those. They then forget quickly about any any kind of thing that was out of place or what was mentioned by the word or by the pastor about what's out of place in their life, and there's no action taken. What a sad, sad response. Again, there in verse 25, look at the last line that James uses here. It says, he will be blessed in his, what's the word? Doing. He will be blessed in his doing. If you want blessing in your life, follow in obedience. Follow in obedience to God. Look at what Jesus says in Luke 11, verse 28. It says, but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and, help me, keep it. It's not just hearing, but doing. Let's not be hearers only, but doers It's not just the study of the word that's important or the meditation of the word that's important, but it's the action of the word in our life. Let's be acting upon what we have heard, what we have studied, what we have meditated on. And this is real evidence of faith, a real evidence of conversion that has taken place in us. If you don't have that, then do you have any fruit of real faith? Let's end this morning by looking at what Jesus says in the ending of his sermon on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. Go ahead and find that. Matthew chapter 7, in verses 24 through 27. In that hardback Bible, it's page 812. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus ends his sermon here in Matthew with... Um, This very confronting picture. And kind of only, if you notice in the teachings of Jesus, he kind of lays it out as there's, it's kind of black and white. It's one or the other. I think James does kind of the same thing. Jesus says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and, what's the word? Does them. Will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
it's not a question of what you claim or what you did. It's a question of what do you do? What are you doing with the faith in which you claim to have? This is what James is saying. This is what Paul was saying there in Romans. This is what Jesus is teaching. What are you doing with this? Evidence of faith is what you do, not what you claim. And this is really the point of all of the book of James. What is real faith? Action. There must be action. You cannot just be hearers only. Are you a wise man or woman? that has built their house, you've heard the song, right? Upon the rock. Where have you built your house upon the sand? Are you a hearer only? Being confronted with truth, but never doing anything with it? Or are you a doer that examines your life by the word and seeks to quickly make changes? Let me leave you with one question to ask yourself this morning of what you've heard and maybe what the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now, what are you going to do about it? Here's your opportunity to be a doer. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to be a hearer? Are you going to be a doer? Worship team's going to come and I'm going to pray. And again, if you would like to talk to one of our elders or staff, we'll be here in the front. And again, if you want to talk to us later, we'd be more than happy to do that as well. Uh, would you pray with me? Father, we come before you humbly again, understanding and seeing the reality of our existence. God, help us to get not just a a clear picture of that, but a clear motivation to see change and that things are out of place, things are in the wrong spot, that we've been trying to do this life in our own way, our own wisdom, and maybe we have had this seemingly successful life, but it has been without you at the center of it. What a failure that is. Help us be centered on the truth of you, of what your son has done for us, and let us be motivated out of that. Let our lives be conformed and transformed by your word. I pray that we would not just be hearers only, but doers. I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.